Welcome to HVAC Success Secrets Revealed, a show where we interview industry leaders and disruptors, revealing the success secrets to create and unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Now your hosts, Thaddeus and Evan. Hey, welcome back to another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed with Thaddeus and Evan, where we have good conversations with good people. And any good conversation worth having is worth having drunks. Cheers uh, to the end of the event. We are live at the Women in HVACR Conference Center in lovely Jacksonville, Florida, our last podcast of the day, and we have on Brooke Greenwood from Carrier. You're a director of service, and that encompasses a lot of things, which is on there. And you mentioned you guys do training, you do field support, technical assistance. You have a team all over the U.S. as well as a localized team to be able to help offer additional support for individuals when they're in the field and they have some technical issues. And we're talking, so welcome. Thank you for being on the show. I always like to start off though, and I guess we always like to start off with your journey and how you got into your role with Carrier. Oh, it's, it's a long one. I've been here for about 20 years now. So I actually started as an intern with Carrier Corporation. I did my internship one summer. I went back, I finished my degree. And and why HVAC wasn't what I set out to do. It, it checked the box for that requirement for my schooling. But the people that I worked with, honestly, I never knew so much could go into HVAC and designing equipment. So there was a lot there from a complexity. When I started, I, I got engaged with problem resolution. So a lot of critical thinking, a lot of problem solving, which really suited me and my strong suits. And then I started meeting our customers and fixing and resolving their issues. So I stuck around for 20 years now. I had a pretty natural progression up through problem resolution, quality engineering. I got opportunity to go into our manufacturing facility, which is the largest manufacturing facility of gas furnaces in the U.S. Uh, I was the quality manager there. And then I moved into product management, which was probably my favorite role out of all of the roles that I've had at Carrier. And then I really come full circle back to service, back to where I really started in problem resolution and, and helping our customers. And I'm really excited with the A2L transition. Carrier's refrigerator choice is R54B or pure on advances, as we call it. And we are starting to get our training materials out there so we can train our distributors and they can train our dealers. Nice. I like that. And it's in the progression through, you see a lot of different things, right? And especially 20 years ago to what it is today <laughs> is a lot of changes. But I'm curious, why was that one position your favorite? Uh, it's because I really got to stack up all of my past history to launch a great gas furnace platform for us. Predominantly, I was on the heating side of things and gas furnaces, and obviously I was in the manufacturing side. So I've heard over the years that dip switches are, are difficult in the field because you don't know which way's on and which way's up and they're tiny little suckers. So you're either fat fingering multiple or you got a screwdriver out. I've heard that our customers didn't like that. From a competitive benchmarking perspective, we, there's new seven segment displays. Right. And as we incorporate just the field's perspective of we can't train technicians fast enough, we need stuff that's easier to use. And as we go digital, I got to incorporate that. I got to learn all about generating and incorporating near-field communication into an app. So now people are like, oh, you're an expert on near-field communication. And I sort of am because our new furnace control has that. So that's great technology out in the field. So I really got to pull solving our customer problems helping the training and the technicians with even our distributors, and then pulling all the information together with some of the report features we have into the app. It really was a whole rounded picture of pulling in all my history and, and all my learnings and, and getting to fix a lot of things for our customers. And so that was, it was very fulfilling for me. As technology continues to adapt and change, it's increasing at an exponential rate, can be very difficult for technicians to continue to follow up on it and stay up to, to date on it. How can technicians best utilize 
your team to be able to stay up to date on all those things and make sure that they're constantly delivering and being able to service the products as fast as possible. Yes, we offer webinar trainings. I think we are also, we worked with our distributors to go out to dealer meetings to do trainings. Specifically, I'm leading our national service manager meeting, which is coming up in March. So we're going to have some very hands-on training for our distributor service managers to come see the equipment, to see our new PR and advanced equipment and our dissipation systems, to have control boards there. So we launched them first in the entry tier. So single stage heat, single stage cool, lower complexity. It's also launching in our upper tiers up to the infinity level. So there's more that you're going to be able to do with near field communication. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing that we've really won and hit the mark with the launch of that product is near field communications not scary. It's the same technology as Apple Pay or Android Pay or Tap to Pay. Everybody's using it today. So it's not just coming out with something flashy that was cool for the tech savvy. This is something that works for everybody. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to utilize that as an example of NFC. If somebody's listened to this, they're like, oh, near field communication, NFC, what the heck is that? Literally, it's like this. It's on your phone already. It's on your phone already, right? Like phone. I actually resisted utilizing the NFC on for my credit cards on my phone for the <clears> longest of times. So I'm like scared by that. But then I forgot my U.S. credit card when we traveled down here one day, one time. And I'm like, shit. So I had the number, luckily. And so I just put it on there. And I, now I'm like, okay, I'm converted whenever I'm traveling because you don't have to pull your wallet out. Yeah, it's everywhere now. Yeah. I actually got annoyed with it because with, we're at a Hyatt and you're supposed to have that. You can add it like a, a keyless thing and put it in your phone so you don't have to pull your key out of like your wallet every time. And you've got mm -hmm. your phone like a lot more hand, yeah, handy yeah. than a key card on the bottom of the bag. And it like wasn't working. So it's really <laughs> annoying when technology doesn't work. And I can guarantee that near field communication on our control boards that it works every single time <laughs> yeah 100 like i usually put the key card in my wallet on the external pocket so it doesn't have to and then it's just there so oh. isn't um, it so funny how human beings get adapted right? so quickly yeah and then it, they become entitled like when you realize that you have wi-fi on the plane for the first time and you were so jacked about it and then five minutes into the flight it was gone and now all of a sudden you were pissed off and this is the worst flight ever <laughs> <laughs> no we had that experience recently too on the way back from vacation it yeah. worked for the first leg and then honestly it shows the bar like where you're going and it had like the wrong state and everything and i was like well, i hope we're going to the right place yeah I'm did we get on the right really. plane <laughs> but yeah so it wasn't, but it wasn't even really i was okay it was my kids and that's the thing it's younger and i'm yeah. talking like a 10 year old i only get mad if i wanted to work and i didn't get the wi-fi because if i don't get the wi-fi i don't watch movies the one thing that i think of in when you hear nfc and coming out new products advancements in, in technology you have the old school person who mm -hmm. can fix everything and do it themselves and they're resistant to some technological changes and advancements how if you're working with your staff to be able to help train some of the owners and some of the techs to be able to adapt and embrace this new technology what would you say to them i say give it a shot see how easy it is because even near field is easy but every phone's different. So mm -hmm. your NFC antenna on an Apple is on the upper edge. So you're holding the upper edge on an Android. It's in the back center. So again, making sure that they're educated. But I guarantee if you tap it once and it doesn't connect, yeah, they're going to be frustrated and it's, I'm not even going to mess with it. But if you just sit down and help them do that initial connection, once they've got it, it's like riding a bike where your sweet spot is on your phone. You got to hold it there for one second for the connection and you're good. So I think just showing how easy it is and making sure that they see that. I think the second aspect is making sure that they're aware that we do have a backup plan. So you don't have to use the phone if you don't want to. So we didn't just forget about you and said, hey, keep up, buddy, or move on. Like we took care of you. And so we've got very detailed laid out menus that are intuitive. Also from the aspect of making sure that when you're using the menu, commonly used items are up front, just all the things that are really nice to know. And hopefully 
people are thinking about when they launch products. We really did think about that. And then I'd say the third thing is even if they just want to do the tap to do some of the basic features that you can also do on the control board, making sure they're aware of some of the extra features that you're only going to gain by using the app. Inside our app, you can actually pull off the existing parameter settings of a control board that's worked for five or 10 years and whatever happened and you have to replace the control board. As long as the non-volatile memory was not damaged or the NFC chip wasn't damaged, you're going to pull those settings off on the control, push it to your replacement board, and it's going to save you a lot of time on site because you are not reconfiguring the exact settings that were already there that you set 10 years ago. You're also not going to have a homeowner that says it sounds different or it feels different because maybe you it's correct, but the airflow settings are a little bit higher than what they're used to. So in and out quick and easy from a field replacement perspective, happy homeowners, additional features like the report that you can send back to your office that documents model serial, all the history. There's just a lot more benefits to use the app and to want to advance than just doing it the old school way. How can, because you mentioned homeowners and this is obviously an important piece for that because, well, they're either they're hot, they're cold, and you want to make sure that you're cooling the house or heating the house. Obviously, in terms of furnaces, making sure we're in Canada, so you need a furnace. <laughs> it's essential. Yeah. It's essential, right? How can one position this from to the homeowners? Hey, this is new technology and maybe they don't even get into the technological aspects mm -hmm. about it. And that could be one area, but if they wanted to know and position it to better serve the homeowner, what would you tell them? I would say faster, quicker diagnostics of your equipment to get mm -hmm. you up and running sooner. I think again, Carrier looks at that collectively too. And we've just launched an IntelliSense line, which actually is, it's a connected system. So if you have our special Ecobee powered by Carrier wall control, it will send the information of your system to the cloud. So it will pull your return and supply air temperature sensor so you can get the rise of the furnace, your blow or RPM feedback, it will get fault codes. So even if you're getting nuisance faults, your dealer then can really start making that connection with the homeowner and monitor equipment. If they're having maybe a down day or there's just somebody there that's going to monitor equipment, outdoor units, we've got, we have sensors so that you can see your superheat and subcool. So again, monitoring the equipment before the equipment completely shuts down and then you don't have any heating or cooling. So again, building that trust with your homeowner, making sure that you're getting reoccurring business with that homeowner and monitoring the equipment to make sure that it's operating as should. And we can address something before it's negative 20 outside and it becomes a dire situation. And can we program alerts into that? So when it reaches a certain point, a tune-up will get scheduled? I don't know the specifics if we have alerts. I think there's this was just the launch and there's mm -hmm. a runway to go on what we can do with it. But you can definitely, I know alerts are sent at least at the D level when things are starting to hit certain parameters. And then again, I think this is good as we start seeing some of that data, how can we as a manufacturer take that data back to make improvements with our products right. or how things operate to, to make a better product for everybody? Data-driven analysis, right? And we talked mm -hmm. with that. We had uh, Lila Jones on last night uh, before the gala and she was the key from this morning. And she asked us after, like, what do you guys do for data? She's like, fascinated by data-driven things. And like, she gave an example of where she was at and I don't, we probably share the story, but it was off the record, it was off the, mm -hmm. the air. And so like, they were talking about the AI data-driven trends that they're using on the NASDAQ deck to be able to see if somebody is going to be getting traffic or not, like female trafficking or just in child That's trafficking. Crazy. So it's just by the way of their spending patterns because AI is analyzing that data and it's fascinating. And so this is also a good way to analyze and take the data to be able to make the furnaces more efficient in the long run. Yeah. So I think there's lots of opportunities. I know our digital and IT teams, they've got a lot of opportunity ahead of them. And I think we can do some really great things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How are we going to empower customers with this data? 
I don't really know the answer to that. I guess maybe there there are probably people in my organization that know that, but I am okay. so focused really on our distributor level of customers. And I think we're hitting the mark there for mm-hmm. them. But again, I think in the end of things, whatever we do is going to improve the reliability of our products, the robustness of our products. So it's just going to continue to stand that Carrier is a great brand and they'd want to continue to buy it. The one thing that the data does in terms of the the customer relationship is it starts to to remove that trust barrier because now they're not concerned about getting sold something that they don't actually need. Mm-hmm. You can see that information and maybe you even saw that information before you booked the tune-up or you booked the repair call. It's incredibly powerful to impact the customer and empower the customer in that way. Well, and then I think also too, just as far as that dealer is seeing the information and they're already troubleshooting. So they're showing up with the right part. They're there to fix it the first time. So for the homeowner inconvenience, I have to be home once. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, Hey, I'm showing up here for my service call. I got to go to the parts store. Oh, they don't have it. I won't have it till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got it on the truck ready to go based upon what they've seen. Absolutely. Yeah. So moving into more of the homeowner focused and getting these in here, obviously manufacturers incentives uh, and rebates are a thing. They're a popular thing. And I know that you give one of your messages and you talk about that and be able to utilize that more. So I guess on a basic level, uh, walk us through what that would entail for an owner. Yeah, I think when it comes to incentives and and rebates and things of the sort, you really have to do your research and know what's going on. And it seems to be changing, I don't know, on the daily because we came to we want more information that's not out there yet, but really just staying informed and make sure that you're staying informed specifically for your your particular districts because those are the the dealers that are going to win with the homeowner because they can explain all their options and they can explain maximize their benefits. So you want to bundle IRA tax credits or rebates. You want to bundle it with your specific maybe product rebates with your, you know, local utility rebates. And then even today they talked about financing because financing is important for some of our customers, making sure you're packaging the whole thing. So it's really understanding it all. And I talked a lot about the Inflation Reduction Act because the $369 billion to help uh, with climate provisions and $9 billion going into the U.S. for rebates. It's also taking a step back. It gets pretty complex even for us in the industry to talk about. So it's really taking a step back. And when, when I walked through in my breakout, we talked about what are the specifics with the tax credits and what are the specifics with the rebates and there's separate programs because a lot of people will say, oh, I got a tax rebate, which isn't a thing. We have tax credits and we have rebates. And then really from the tax credits, that's a pretty solidified program. We've had it in the past, but there are some differences with going from Energy Star as the accreditation or guideline for the tiering and qualification of the product to the CEE and understanding that. And then the buzzwords with heat pumps, and that's the biggest bang for your buck up to two grand versus 600 for your AC system. And then understanding the North versus the South requirements for that. So it's gotten more complex. Even if you're familiar with 25C, there's new complexities there that you need to be aware of. And then with the rebates at the state and local level, that is like a whole new ball game. And we're still waiting for a lot of information. But again, the people that know, the people that have done the research, the people that are reaching out to get the information and know how the programs are going to work, because once that money has gone, it, it's gone. There's no guarantee there. And it'll probably go quick with, the, with all the buzz around the Inflation Reduction Act and heat pumps together. 
So I guess with all of that, like there's just so much coming at it from so many different angles. How do you, like, where does one even start to find that? Is that something that they can say, hey, Carrier, what do you guys have for resources or on the local distribution level, where do they go to be able to start to weed through and navigate some of that? Yeah, absolutely. We've had webinars that are recorded that are out there for our distributors to to get and gather and train down. We talked about it at our distributor dealer meetings so with customers. Again, there's also the CEE and Energy Star and lots of other organizations that are talking about it and speaking of it. So there's more than just one point of reference for who you should go to. You should really be gathering them all and making sure everybody's in alignment and you understand what's going on. So lots of resources, but definitely Carrier, we are staying abreast of everything. We are making sure we're going to have the equipment that meets the qualifications and that we're going to have it timely, especially as we're launching Pure on Advance. Lots more product to come from us. As if there's not enough things for an owner to already be thinking about, eh? Add in more. <laughs> and here's the reality is you as an owner should probably not be the one that's investigating and finding this information out. That should be something that be, should be delegated out to us, a, a trusted member of your team to be yep. able to find the information, to be able to get those relationships in with whether it's a obviously carrier or any of the other manufacturers that would have similar sorts of programs. They, I'm sure they all have their own information, but taking that deep dive with somebody else in your team to be able to learn that information and then yeah. positioning in a way for your customers to understand it. Learn it and disseminate it out because it also is going to become important when you're selling at the kitchen table. For some of those rebates, you have to talk about income to know mm -hmm. what your qualification is. And somebody asked me how much money I make. Why do you need to know that? This is why this is important. You could get potentially 100% of your equipment paid for, maybe 50% based upon your income. Or, hey, you're blessed and you're well off. So we're going we're gonna to focus on a tax credit for you. <laughs> but real, right? Because yeah. there are different credits available to different levels of income. And if you know the ranges, you can even just, instead of asking that our actual salary, mm -hmm. hey, what income range are you in? And maybe you have a little sheet put up. Like, this is why I'm asking mm -hmm. this because these are the things that could potentially be available. We want to get you the best deal, Mr. Jones. Yeah. And it's Mr. based Jones. upon the HUD-based income. So doing that homework up front. So that way you know it. That way you can even swag it. Like this is the median income. And if you're up to 80%, you would qualify for this. And and again, also, I'm not a tax expert, so I always caveat everything, but maybe selling at the kitchen table, you don't have that specific, but it, it is something that it's not a, a one party solution. It's making sure everyone's aligned and, and knows the big picture. Correct. And it's how can you as a technician, you as a, a comfort advisor, have all the information available to you so that you can help inform the customer because they're going to ask about it. Mm -hmm. They want the best deal possible. They do. How can you help them and educate them in a way that's going to help them make a proper buying decision? Yep. And I even said I'm not a I'm not a tax expert, but somehow I do our taxes with TurboTax every year. So. <laughs> 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 I tried doing my own taxes a couple of years and then, and then they had a new accountant for to the company. I'm like, can you look at the last couple of years? He's like, oh yeah, you probably should have done it this way. I'm like, okay, uh, well, that's why I'm just going to pay you now. There's uh, some opportunities. Right? Yeah. Uh, we're also business owners too. So a little yeah, bit more complex. My wife's was pretty easy. It was entering the information and the values. And then this one is there's dividends and there's this and there's this. And it was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, you probably saved me more than, uh, you know, I, I know that you, you have to go, you got a flight here this afternoon. So I want to be mindful of your time. If somebody wanted to reach out, I have your email, brook.greenwood at carrier.com. Uh, I'll put that on there. Obviously carrier.com is your guys' website. You mm -hmm. Check out the information on there. If you had specific questions for Brooke, do feel free to reach out to her. Yep. Uh, I'm also there. on LinkedIn. Uh, so perfect. find me there. Find her on LinkedIn, probably on Facebook too. I'd imagine. Yep. I'm old uh, school. I don't do Instagram or I'm not trending or anything. <laughs> right. But yeah, I do, I do Facebook. I'm okay. old. For, for the dealers that are looking for those webinars, where are those located? So we have, I don't know if they're hidden behind some of our, we have an HVAC partners, yeah. um, but some of those things are behind 
login and passwords. So that would be the first place to start is mm -hmm. going to HVAC partners. If you're an existing carrier dealer to find that information or reach out to your distributor, they would also be able to help you. Perfect. Perfect. As we wrap up, one final question here for you. I love this question, by the way. I don't normally ask it except for when we're on their lives. He usually asks it when we're, when we're doing our, our other show. It's the same show. It's just when we're, <laughs> we're not in person. It's been a long two days. Anyways, what is one question that you wish people would ask you more, but don't? Oh, anything. Not even work-related? Anything. Work related, anything. That's a hard one. But how would you answer it? Depending on the flavor of the day. Okay. I think for me, it's about my kids because most people don't really ask a ton of questions about it and they do but they don't really get into the specifics because i love my two boys i miss them but i don't miss them right now <laughs> hi ashley that would probably be more about the the family and the life yeah yep. i i think that's a good one i guess playing off that i seem to talk about my husband and my kids quite a bit because they keep me busy but i think maybe more of my like background and where I came up because I think people would be surprised. I'm from a very small like country town in a farm. Not people are used to seeing me and they probably think I'm like a big city girl now, but I'm really not. I guess I like it. But where did you grow up? Brookville, Indiana. Oh, big is that? It's small. I'm we got a McDonald's when I was in like fifth grade. <laughs> so like through a party? Two thousand like two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand people. Oh, I don't even know. It's bad. I should know, but I don't know. I grew up in a town of five thousand people. So oh. we didn't have a McDonald's until I moved away. And then it came in with Walmart. Okay. Yeah, yeah still no Walmart for us. It's a good thirty minutes away. Oh, there you go. And so what was it like growing up on the farm? So I was in the country. My grandma and grandpa, they lived down the road. My aunt and uncle lived back the lane. So it was very family focused. We always got together a lot, which was really nice and one of the aspects that I don't have as much here because now it's a two-hour drive back home. Um, very fortunate that my husband's mom lives. She actually moved to Brownsburg with us to help with the kids, with the travel and everything else. Yeah. But if I feel like if I could get back to Brookville more, I would. It's just making the time. But the holidays are coming up, so that's good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And having the mom uh, close by to help with the kids, like my mother-in-law, they they did the same thing. They they like they were talking about moving to where we're at for a long time. And then, oh, we're pregnant. And oh, next thing we bought a house 30 days after we bought a house in our new area that we moved to. But having that village is, is super important. And I think healthy for the kids to have that presence. So how did growing up in a small town working on a farm, being on that shape, who you are today? I don't even know if it's, I'm a hard worker and I'm very resilient. So that, that's probably some of that background. But I also think just my parents, they've been married for 50 years. My mom was a teacher. So she taught in the same school corporation her entire career. My dad started working at Owens Corning when he got out of college on the line and retired a foreman. So I think that really plays into my 20 years of career. The work ethic from a farm, yep. that's nothing like it. It is long hours a lot of times. So I've worked on a farm. <laughs> I can tell you firsthand. Thank you, Brooke, for taking the time out at the very end of the conference. I know we're all mind fried at this point from a lot that goes into it. <laughs> Appreciate you taking that, at least me anyways, but uh, it could be the beers. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of both. Anyways, thank you for taking the time to chat with us and looking forward to seeing all the other things that Carrie's coming out with. Great. Thanks so yeah. much for having me. Sure. Thanks, Brooke. And until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. Before you go, two quick things. First off, join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC Revealed. The other thing, if you took one tiny bit of information out of this show, no matter how big, no matter how small, all we ask is for you to introduce this to one person in your contacts list. That's it. That's all. One person. So they too can unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Until next time. Cheers.